Welcome to the Nicodemus Podcast. Here, we will discuss the deeper things of God that your everyday Christian wonders about, but may not have anyone that will discuss it with them. We will discuss what a relationship on a deeper, personal level looks like, while also maintaining the practicality of being an everyday Christian with an everyday life. Welcome back to the Nicodemus Podcast. I'm Aaron Paris. I'll be your host for this episode. I have with me, as always, the two Coltons, and um, we're going to be talking to you about the father-son principle again, this time from the son's uh, perspective. Um, before we pray, I'm going to read one verse, or, or two verses real quick. Uh, this comes from Malachi 4, verse 5. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of his fathers, the hearts of the fathers, to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. That was read last uh, week as well, but I wanted to bring that out again um, because I believe that God is uh, turning the hearts of the spiritual children towards their fathers, and that's what this episode is going to be about: is the son's uh, perspective to the fathers. Uh, with that said, um, Colton, you want to pray? Yes. Lord, we thank you for this revelation that we have, God, that's helped us so much. And I, I ask that you let our words be clear, God, that what we're trying to get across be clear and transparent, that it could help other people that are in the same boat to be able to be accountable in the structure that you set up, Lord. And we just ask this in your name. Amen. 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 So, uh, Father-Son Principle, the, so- the Son's point of view, uh, who wants to get started? Okay, father-son principle. So I think what's important is you might be asking, you know, why do I need this? Father-son principle gives you an accountability to a more spiritual, spiritually mature person to help you grow and develop, spiritually speaking. Same way the natural parents are supposed to aid you and you're growing up and give you the tools that it needs to succeed once you become an adult. The father-son principle spiritually is kind of the same thing. Today, of course, we're going to be talking about the son part of it which is you know the son has a responsibility too and i think that i want to start off by talking about how elisha pursued elijah when when elijah came in first kings 19 and smites starting in verse 19 he hits elijah with his mantle or he hits elisha i I want to point out a few things here in this verse elisha had a good life it says that elisha was working with 12 yoke of oxen which is a lot that's not that's not a poor man in that time and the the it says that Elijah hit him with his mantle. The word mantle just means glory. So the glory of the prophet Elijah come upon Elisha for a second, and it captivated Elisha to the point where he pursued Elijah. And so I want to say that you do not pick, handpick. Your spiritual father is not handpicked by you. It's not the person that impresses you the most. You, if, if for people that understand this connection, they they'll understand what I'm talking about. You are captivated by your spiritual father or mother they they you're stricken by the glory that's about them the the anointing that's about them and that causes you to pursue and so first thing right off the bat is that you do not handpick your your spiritual father is not the person who always hypes you up your spiritual father is not the person who thinks you're just the best thing in the world they might but they should not be telling you that all the time you know your because aaron's got two great spiritual kids and i'll say this about aaron aaron never misses an opportunity to brag or bring up something good about his spiritual kids he doesn't 
Uh, I know him personally, and any time that there's an opportunity for him to say that, but that's not. I'm not saying that they can't be impressed by something you do, but they are not stricken by you as the son. They should not be captivated by you. You should not impress them, so to speak. Yeah. So the son should not be uh, the father's biggest fan either. Neither one of them should be fan. It's not fandom. It's not idolatry. We're not talking about. You, you think this person hung the moon, nor does, do they think you hung the moon. But the, the purpose of it is to give you an image of, uh, or an example of who God is. You notice we call God Father God. There's a father relationship between us and God. Um, we're supposed to be his children. So there's supposed to be a father relationship there. I believe, this is my personal belief, and, and um, I, I believe with a little bit of, effort i could prove it scripturally but this is just my belief i believe that god established the father-son principle the natural father-son principle so that the son would have an example of what who father is he expected that to happen or he wanted that to happen however the natural fathers being sinful made mistakes and they became a bad example a lot of times the very example of what not to be and so god takes away the first to establish the second and god come in and brought us the spiritual father relationship you see elisha leave his natural father and cleave to his spiritual father you see that happen with titus you see it happen with timothy they they leave their natural father and they cleave to their spiritual father and then they become see in the in the uh bible days you you did what your father did if your father was a fisherman you were a fisherman yep. if your father was a was a, a construction con- worker a carpenter you were a carpenter yep. that's the way it was that's why jesus was done carpentry work is because joseph was a carpenter and so it was expected for you to follow in your father's shoes so when we look at this um the son is the one who he he's supposed to imitate the father you'll find this scripture here in first corinthians 11 1 it says be ye followers of me even as i also am of christ so uh, paul's saying follow after me while i follow after christ so that is our example that's what we're supposed to do and it and it brings about submission and 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 leaders uh, submission to leadership and all of that goes wrapped up hand in hand in this in this relationship of the father and the son so so we find that uh that there's a spiritual aspect there for us to know who the father is now there's a responsibility that falls to that son now and in you you see it if you follow elijah and elisha's life um elijah is about to be taken away and he's trying everything he can to get elisha to quit following him and what, why he did that is because it's the spiritual father's, it's any father's uh, uh, heartbeat that he leave his sons in, a, in good hands when he's gone. He, he wants them taken care of. So, so he went to the school of the prophets to leave. He really wanted to leave Elisha with the other prophets so Elisha could have another father. That's what he wanted. He was trying to take care of him. But Elisha wouldn't. You don't read it saying that, but you do read him saying, "Stay here with the sons of the prophets," and he wouldn't stay. He followed him on, followed him on. So you see the heart of the father there. 
But what you need to look really close into is also the heart of the, of the son. And right before he's taken away, he says, okay, you followed me all this way. What is it you want? <laughs> you know, yeah. what is it you want? And you see him make a demand on that father. And that is, I want, I want a double portion of your anointing. One cool thing about the asking for the double portion there is I've heard it preached a lot of different ways of he wanted double the miracles. He does go on and do double the miracles. He wanted, there's all sorts of things that I've heard people say about that, but he was not pursuing miracles when he asked for a double portion. I, I don't believe that was his heart. That's not the heart of of a true son to, to have any sort of glory there. If you look at double portion in the Jewish tradition, the eldest son was entitled to a double portion of the father's estate. They called it the king, or I think it's the king's portion. Um, and all the other kids, all the uh, kids after that, were entitled to a single portion, but the oldest had a double portion of, of whatever the father had. And so... Elijah and Elisha is such a cool story to me because it encompasses everything about father-son principle. Because when Elisha says, I want a double portion, what he's really saying there, if you look into the tradition of where they, how they would have thought, what that would have meant to say to somebody then, it was Elisha telling Elisha, I want, I want to fill your room. I, it was the first acknowledgement you ever see of, as a, in a father sense, from Elisha to Elijah. Aaron just talked about Elijah wanting to leave Elisha because of the because of the heart of a father wanting to leave him with people that could help him. But Elisha pursues Elijah and won't stop. And then and then when he asks him what he wants, I want a double portion. I want I want your oldest son's portion, if you want to put it that way. He wouldn't have talked that way, but I want I want everything that you have, I want a double portion of it. Because that is my right to have as as a child that's my right to have it and i want to i want to say too as a spiritual son or daughter you have a right to certain things of the spiritual father or mother time advice things like that 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 is a right we we talked about asking about that i think in the beginning about if 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 we didn't i'm gonna say it now is the son pursues the father if there's a lack of quality time spent most of the time, not every time, you know, life might get in the way, but most of the time it's from a lack of the son pursuing. And so here you see Elisha pursues Elijah hard. Uh, I, I mean, again, Elijah, if you ever study into him, was not like a nice guy. So, you know, Elisha probably didn't have, if if ever, we don't know. There's a lot of stuff in the scripture that we don't know, but we can guess at. He was probably not the nicest guy if he was disobeyed. I'll just put it that way. If you study into Elijah, he probably just wasn't like, oh, well, it's all right. You ain't got to listen to me. But Elijah knew what was coming. And Elisha, again, this, this encompasses everything about the father-son principle because Elisha now has figured out for himself that he's supposed to take Elijah's room. Elijah, you have no record of Elijah telling Elisha, hey, you're the one who's supposed to, he even tries to leave him behind. And if he would have stayed behind, he wouldn't have got it. And so you don't see Elijah tell Elisha, hey, you're supposed to take my spot. But again, father-son principle, Elisha's grown up into his own prophet now. So he knows he's about to go. And because he knows he's about to go, he refuses to stay behind because he knows 
that double portion, being able to stand where Elijah where Elijah stood and do the miracles that Elijah did is his. And the very first miracle that Elijah ever does, what is it? The first miracle Elijah Elisha ever does is the last miracle Elijah ever did, which was parting the Jordan with his mantle. So Elisha, he picked up where he left off. Elisha literally picks up his mantle, walks to the edge of the Jordan, says, Where is the God of Elijah? This is a proven time for Elisha. Walks to the edge of the Jordan, says, where is the God of Elijah? Smites the waters and the waters part and he walks across. And so, I, I, I don't know, I just love the story of Elijah and Elisha because there's so much in it of, of father-son principles, uh, literally the whole story. But mm-hmm. you, if, you can't, if you don't know the father-son principle, you may not see it when you look at that. But when you hear the father-son principle, you can't help but, but see it when you look at it. He literally says, my father, my father, when he's taken away. You see him. You see him go and and start following after him. See, uh, you see the same kind of attitude with um, with other fathers, natural fathers and sons in the Bible. You know, and, and God even. You know, I'm the I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He introduces himself that way, but and it's and it's partially because they. We're like, my father served this God. I'm serving this God. Anyway, the, you get the whole picture there, uh, but he had to prove it. And then you don't see Elisha saying, where's the God of Elijah anymore? anymore. He never says it again. Because it's his God. And it goes on and does double miracles. Yeah. And um, so anyway, the, that, uh, and, and there's another little piece in there. Elijah tells Elisha, you've asked a hard thing, but if you... If you see me when I'm taken away, uh, then you can have what you asked for. And uh, that see me there could could have been translated if you see eye to eye with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning that men, you are thinking the same way. You you if you see things the way I see them, then you can have a double portion of what I what I have. So uh, I believe that uh, in that it's like let me think the same way. That, that my spiritual father thinks about God. Help me with that. See, I said it earlier. God set up the example of the father so he could explain to, he could give you a natural thing to look at to know what the spiritual father was like. The problem is the natural father's failed. Now, just because just because you have a spiritual father doesn't mean that your natural father was a failure. But right. a lot of times there's some natural fathers out there that are failures. And God definitely wants to fail uh, fill in for those those miss those well, missing holes there's a uh there's a person that goes to church with us that says this all the time is that there's a natural application to every spiritual truth mm-hmm. the spiritual truth is god himself wanted the father son principle to be evident not only between people but between god the father and mankind and so if you think about it naturally for people who ain't never looked at this everybody that that I've ever met knows somebody that grew up without a dad, mm-hmm. which is very sad. But anybody that grows up without a dad, look at the obstacles they have to overcome. A lot of it's really weird to me because a lot of very close people in my life, throughout my life, have had really either absent fathers, some had they they passed away or something. You know what I mean? Just several. I mean, I just about count them. I have to use both hands to count them. And so they have obstacles that people that have present fathers don't have 
Well, God doesn't want them to have all those obstacles, and I think that's a big reason why He sits in the Father Son principle is to have is to help them overcome those a little bit. You know, I I just speak. Um, maybe I'm not getting too far, but my wife is one that that her dad passed away when she was a teenager, and so she has a lot of issues or had a lot of issues with father figures you know she didn't she didn't she went without having one at a very critical time in her life and and so she went all this time and 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 it, she wasn't a bad person it wasn't like she was like oh, i ain't got a dad and then just went out there and went crazy but i see the difference because you know i love her and she's somebody close to me once she gained a spiritual father and the confidence that it builds and the the uh, reassurance and the the there's no and this is in no means meant to be sexism but god desires strong men he desires strong women too but but strong men to lead and to comfort and to protect and strengthen and all that and so when somebody goes without a a natural father look at their obstacles it's the same way spiritually and and the advantages that you have when you have a present father that's there to help you that's there to grow you up naturally think about that is the same advantages you have in the spirit realm when you have a good spiritual father there to help you grow up and and so don't if if you're listening to this and you maybe your maybe your father wasn't a bad father they're just something that happened and he couldn't be there kind of like with my wife you know he passed away and so don't project that onto the spiritual father thing because this is a connection god himself sets up for you and if he's the one setting it up then there's something in there that you need from it um and and just because so so my my natural dad is my spiritual father but that's not always the case my children have somebody else as their spiritual father and and uh my natural children have someone else and and that could that could uh if if i did not understand the way god does things like that that could have offended me god you know why did you attach attach them to someone else when i'm here a spiritual father what's the issue what, mm-hmm. what what's the deal but uh but i know that god chooses and that's it's god that chooses so so i couldn't be upset about it i said well i'm glad that they have them and me you know i'm glad that's I'm glad that's the way this works, you know, and and so I can still be uh, a lot, and they have someone else being a lot too. Um, so I, I know there's some uh, bad um, bad things out there that people see and thinking everything about uh, spiritual fathers and all this. We're not we're not talking the cultic stuff, but we're literally telling you that there is people out there that are further advanced in the kingdom that more mature in the spirit realm that uh, God can connect you with that can help you in your help you in the natural sometimes sometimes you when when things go bad our emotions get riled up and then it gets really hard to hear what we're supposed to hear in the spirit in the spirit realm our our soul will be screaming so loud that we can't hear our spirit and we we don't know what we're supposed to do and um Having a spiritual father gives us the opportunity to go and say, I'm so frustrated, I don't know what to do. And that spiritual father can, can help. They can lead. They can point you in the right way. They can, they can comfort you. They can help you 
get your soul in line so you can hear. They can, and all along the whole way through, they're pointing towards Father God. They're not pointing towards themselves. If right. there's a spiritual father or a person that somebody recognizes a spiritual father that is doing it for their own self benefit. They're not a spiritual father. Right. If they're telling you to like rub their feet and stuff, like that's, <laughs> you should run the other yeah, way. We're not trying to get you into any sort of we, – we talk about servanthood, and that is important because like Elisha ministered to – well, the scripture says he served Elijah, but serve and minister, if you didn't know this, ministers out there. The word minister literally means servant, so – if you're not serving, you're not ministering. That's not for this, though. But as the son, you you pursue, you serve, you minister unto your spiritual father. That does not mean you run all their errands. or you, you, Yeah, it's not that you're sitting there preparing their food. Now, if you look at it in the in in the practical, uh, not practical, the traditional sense, that's probably what Elisha did for Elijah, prepared his food. You know, made sure that his place to sleep was set up and things like that. But it's talking about how we are now. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying that you need to be their footstool. We're just saying that the same way that you'd honor and reverence your your natural parent, you honor and reverence the spiritual parents. You serve you serve them in that way. You know, you help them out however it may need. You know, nothing cra- nothing crazy. Please, if you're listening to this and you are looking at a spiritual father who's telling you that you need to be their slave. <laughs> do not do it. You, you'll find when you have a real spiritual father, you'll find uh, that he likely will not ever ask you to do right. servanthood right. stuff. As a matter of fact, he normally ain't the one that's going to say, "Hey, I'm your spiritual father." That yeah. won't be thrown up in your face ever. Uh, if it's ever used, it's 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 uh, in a loving way of. I feel responsible for you as your spiritual father, and I feel like I need to tell you this. Right. It won't be. It won't be. Uh, submit to me. I'm your spiritual father. You know. Yeah, that's why it's so important to have that the honor and respect there. Because if you don't have the honor and respect there, then it's almost impossible for you to take correction from that person. And a spiritual father correcting the son, or a spiritual mother correcting the daughter, is part of the growth. That's how you're able to get from being an apios to full mature weos um and and see you don't really have to have a spiritual father or spiritual mother it's you that doesn't keep you from going to heaven or anything like that you don't have to have a spiritual father spiritual mother but but and there's a big but in there Mm -hmm. you will not get to full maturity quicker if you don't so if you have one you're going to mature quicker if you don't you're going to learn a lot of lessons because Colton Evanson has said this in many episodes. There's only two ways that somebody learns something. They either learn it the hard way by doing it and it not work out or somebody tells them and they listen to them. Right. Um, and, and see, he, unfortunately human nature sometimes, I, my spiritual father has told me like, Hey, you don't want to do this, but I went and did it anyways. And I'm like, okay, yeah, he was right. The more experiences that I had like that where I just was making bad choices and some of them wasn't even like, you know, necessarily bad. He just Mm -hmm. was like, well, you might want to do it this way. And then I'm like, well, I want to try it my own way. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized like, yeah, I should have done it his way. Then now I'm at the point where if my spiritual father says you need to do it in X, Y, and Z format, I'm doing it in X, Y, and Z format because I know that 
nine times out of ten, he's not telling me this just to hear himself talk, but he's telling me because he's experienced it. He knows what, you know, he should have done in that area or whatever at that time. And then now that I'm going through the same thing, he's like, okay, this is what you need to do because if you do it this way, it's, you know, it's you're going to have some trouble. You're going to, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, I want to point out, um, Colton mentioned about taking the correction it's easier when you have the honor and the reverence and respect there. One really important part of being a spiritual son or daughter is seeking correction. I've heard so many preachers, and, and maybe it's just me. Y'all tell y'all feel free to tell me if it's just me, that talk about correction from God and from spiritually elder people as such a bad thing. And, and I don't know. Like They talk about it like it's so hard. And now, granted, my spiritual father can tell somebody that they're doing wrong by giving them a compliment sometimes like it's he's the only person i've ever met that can do that but still anytime correction from god or him has come to me it's never been a hard thing and and it's a hard thing for me and so i want to pass that on to people that are listening make sure your heart is pliable and ready to receive correction whenever you do anything and and you know like we were saying about the slave thing, you don't want a spiritual father who who is always ready to jump down your throat or a spiritual mother who's just looking for a reason to chew you out. That's not what it's about. It's about trying to mature you, like Colton said. You can still be a wee ass without one. It's you just, just get there quicker when you, ha- when you have one because they're there to correct and guide. Think about it naturally, or I think about it naturally. I'm sure most of y'all will too, is... When I was a teenager, me and my dad butted heads a lot. I thought my dad was an idiot. Turns out my dad knew a lot of stuff he was talking about because <laughs> now that I'm, you know, 27 years old, there's a lot of things that either now I do like he did them or I look back and I'm like, man, I really wish I would have done what he said when I was 17. And now my life here at 27 would be even easier, you know, and it's the same way with the spiritual father. And if your heart is ready for correction, if you're, I'm not saying when I say seeking correction, I'm not saying every time you do something, you go to your spiritual father or mother and say, "Hey, correct me," or yeah. you know, criticize me. I'm saying just have it ready, seek the correction when it comes, be ready and grateful for the correction. And if your heart is like that, it won't be a hard thing. It'll be a, oh well, I might have, I might have changed this, or I might have made it a little shorter, or I might have stayed in that just a little bit longer. Um, um, the correction will cause you to grow. I was, and, that's and, what I was about to say. Another, Seeking correction is a sign of maturity. Another thing that's really awesome about correction is the scripture tells us that God chastises yeah. those that he loves. If he chastises those that he loves and I'm getting chastisement, that means he loves me. Right. I know he loves us all, but not everybody gets chastisement. There's some people that's way off in left field and their their senses have become... Uh, uh, seared with a hot iron as the scripture says and they don't feel him moving and they don't recognize his chastisement but if god if god wants to correct you and you feel it it's like man and 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 you you're crushed but at the same time it should excite you knowing that that was one of the ways that god shows he loves you is by chastising you and showing you showing you growth so if a spiritual father really corrects you in love you'll know that it was in love this uh, there's a difference in getting yelled at right. or getting pointed in the right direction right and you you missed it right here and let me explain to you why and and 
So if they give you spiritual correction like that, you can look at it and go, man, they love me so much they were willing to point out the small thing that nobody else noticed. But because they loved me, they were paying attention and they realized it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't really ever say that I've ever been corrected very harshly. There was a time in my life where I didn't want the correction. And I didn't know. I would say that I wanted it, but I really didn't want it. But there's never been a time in my life since I've been coming to Extended Hand that I've ever just been corrected super harshly. Um, so, and I'm sure that's from a number of reasons of all the people that are uh, that are my that are above me here in leadership here at Extended Hand are very good at being able to correct you without making you feel less than or making you feel like a complete waste of space. I've never felt that way, of course, but um, but as I've gotten older and as I've matured more, it's so I look forward to being corrected, and because I know that I'm headed in the right direction when I'm being corrected, because I'm like, okay, I still have some areas in me that I need to tweak, but I also recognize the calling that's on my life, and I got to get these tweaks out through this correction in order for me to really walk out the calling that that has been been placed on my life um so i said it the last me uh, last time we um met or whatever but uh, i think it i think it bears pointing out there's a difference between a mentor and a spiritual father mm-hmm. a mentor teaches you what they know as long as you're willing to listen when you're not willing to listen or if you're failing they're like oh well i did i did my best i told them and blah but a spiritual father feels so responsible that if you fail, they feel more of a failure than you do because they feel like it was their job to make you succeed. And so if you're if you're looking if you're really looking for a spiritual father and you know that's their heart, then you can open up to the correction because you realize that they're only trying to make you succeed. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we're we're reaching our time limit, so. Um, Guys, um, McCoy, I'll start with you. Uh, what is your final thoughts? So, <clears throat> final thoughts on the son part of the father-son principle. I want to point to me this. This is the biggest thing that I see wrong with the father-son principle, and and people around me that I've that I've seen that are searching for a spiritual father. They find the first person that they think is cool, or that they think they uh, they won't to be able to be just like them and that's what they're taking as that's my spiritual father there's no thought or prayer going into it at all prayer is the most important thing in looking for a spiritual father you pray to the father you pray to the father for a father and that is what i see a lot of people missing that point they're just picking the first person they think is cool that's not do it's a it's a it's a god-sent relationship and it's a connection that he sets up the second thing is as a son in order for you to grow you have to pursue there's no growth without pursuing your father there's mm-hmm. there's things i mean it is his you know responsibility to give you those things but if you're not pursuing for him he does he's never going to know that you want him because you're not asking for him when i first uh, acknowledged Aaron as my spiritual father and still I don't do it as much now but when I first acknowledged him it was questions 24-7 if I had a question I was calling or I was texting I mean and I asked him literally everything there yes, was yeah anything there that I wanted to know about being a Christian or how why did so and so do this I was asking it so it's important for you to pursue that relationship pursue that time ask for time 
um because all this is helping you mature again you don't have to have a spiritual father or spiritual mother but you will mature so much faster and go through less heartache and less stress and less worries and all that other stuff if there's somebody there that cares about your spiritual well-being to say hey i've been down this road i've hit this pothole before you want to dodge it this is how you dodge it those are my final thoughts edmondson what you got um I would just reiterate what he said about it's the son's job to pursue. When the connection is made, it is the son's job to go after what he sees in the father or the or the daughter and the mother. And and I also want to go back to what we had just kind of ended on is seeking correction. That is so big because I have seen, like Colton was saying, that just about with everything, you have good and bad. And so I have seen so many people that acknowledge somebody as their spiritual father until the first time they do something wrong and they're told, hey, you did this wrong. And then and then there's no relationship no more because they're so hurt and, you know, they don't want to talk to them no more. And and really, that's sad, but you don't want to end up like that. You you want to be somebody that can be pliable, take the correction, m- learn from it and move on. And so um, I would just say pursue the connection is not just who you like the most. It's not who you think is the best preacher. Pursue the real connection. God will God will reveal it to you if you ask. He's not going to keep it from you. And then when you get that, seek the correction from them and, and just be willing to learn. That's, that's the biggest thing. Just be willing to learn. Keep, keep your eyes and ears open and be willing to learn. Okay. So for my uh, final thoughts... Uh, I'll start with it's a God connection, not an not idolatry or or nor a fandom. You know, it's not about being a big fan. And um, and I I say that because I was thinking as we talked about this, I've seen people who said, "Hey, this is my spiritual father," and it was really somebody that they looked at, and in the natural, it was somebody they looked up to. Had nothing to do with the spiritual spiritual growth. So the next the the next thing is. For them to be a spiritual father to you, they're gonna to have to be more mature than you, spiritually more spiritually mature than you. So, so that it's got to be that way, or else it's not. It's friendship, not fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are someone. They may not be naturally older than you, but they are more spiritually mature than you. They have the answers, uh, and, or else they know how to find them for what you're gonna be going through. And God will connect them to you for that. Um, so, with that said. Um, if you want to reach out to us, we have an email. It's nicodemuspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can email us with some prayer requests, um, some questions that you want us to uh, look at answering, maybe some ideas for some future episodes. Uh, we will take uh, what you email to us. We'll pray over it, uh, see if the Lord has directed us in, the, in that direction, and we'll go from there. Also, look for us on Facebook. Uh, we're going to be doing a giveaway uh, look for our post, uh, like it, share it, uh, and then we'll, we, we will be announcing a winner. Uh, so uh, get back with us, pay attention to us. Until next time, God bless you. <laughs>